Hey guys, I hope you're all doing well. Um, I kind of have a couple announcements as far as what I'm up to. Oop, I think I hit the mute button. Sorry, how things are going. Um, so my boyfriend and I stayed at McMinniman's Hotel, Crystal Hotel in downtown Portland the other day because it was like um, in celebration of their 107th birthday. And McMinimins, if you have been to Portland or you've honestly just been to Oregon, it's pretty big in Oregon. I would even say it's maybe bigger in um, some other Oregon cities besides Portland. Um, but anyway, McMinimins is kind of like an Oregon staple. Like it's kind of like a chain of hotels and restaurants and ta taverns and stuff, you know throughout throughout Oregon um, kind of with I would say like a celestial theme kind of like a if you think of like a rock rock music kind of like um, hippie I don't know it's hard to explain if you just it's like just celestial and, and artsy and you know kind of like that vibe mixed with music and mixed with folk culture, I guess. I don't know. It's hard to explain. That's kind of their atmosphere. Um, I never really thought too much of it. I honestly, like, um, I remember, like, not even knowing what the fuck McMinimins was growing up in Portland until I was, like, 16, 17, and then I thought it was a bar, and then somebody told me that it wasn't a bar, and I can just go in and, like, order food, and so then I did that with friends a couple times before I turned 21, and it was, like, really exciting because, you know, if you're under 21, it's so exciting to be able to be in places where people are usually over 21. It's, like, just really exciting. I don't know what it is. It's just thrilling. Like, whenever there would be an all-ages rock show or all-ages hip-hop show, I would be on that bitch. Like, I would be so excited when I was little <laughs> as a teenager. Because if you think about it, nightlife, like, what is out there for teenagers? Um, bowling? That's it? I don't know. Um, Anyway, the other night it was like McMinniman's 107th birthday, and so their rooms, their their hotel rooms at the Crystal Hotel were half off, and the ballroom wasn't open, the pool wasn't open, so a lot of like the um, amenities that drive that like um, attract people to McMinniman's weren't open. So I'm sure that's probably why they ran that special also, but. Um, they were they did have a dj and um they have like outdoor seating for their like tavern and so it was uh really nice by the fire and so we went and then we stayed in a hotel room um we booked a hotel room um it was interesting because you go downtown right now because of the protests and also you know downtown portland was never that popping at night to be honest with you it was never that litty or anything it was just it's mostly a daytime thing. It gets really busy during the daytime, but, you know, I would say that going downtown, unless you're in the area where there's the clubs and the bars, if you're just kind of walking around, um, I don't know what specific name of the district is, the specific, the specific name of the district where the Crystal Ballroom is, but that area, it's mostly like pastry shops and cafes and ice cream shops and pasta restaurants and things like that and those places closed pretty early so it was never that popping but it was pretty dead I think it was especially dead that night and until you kind of walk into the the crystal hotel area and you see all the people eating and 
walking around near the hotel probably i don't know if it's normally like that but i think it's probably because of the event um so we checked in and we went up to the hotel room you know dropped off our bags and then i the whole time i'm like this is pretty idiotic because we live in portland you know like I love hotels, but first of all, that hotel room was small as shit. Not to complain, but it was small as shit. Like, I feel like it was, like, motel size, and there were shared bathrooms on the floor. It wasn't even, like, you had your own bathroom in the hotel room. So, I was like, whatever, you know, Um, which kind of made me sad because usually – I don't know if that's me just being, like, jaded and um, spoiled at this point (laughs) because – when I was younger, I really, really loved going to hotels and it didn't matter. It wouldn't have mattered, you know, it would just, I would have really soaked up the ambiance. <laughs> but anyway, I was like, okay, whatever. And then we go downstairs and we try to get a table at the outdoor seating area and there's an hour wait. So we're like, okay. And then we go to get the bar um, to get drinks, to bring up to our room to drink. And, you know, the servers, the bartenders, everyone's like kind of stressed out clearly and i was just like damn i'm so glad i don't work at a restaurant anymore um but i do work at a pharmacy and that's pretty stressful too but at least i don't know i feel like people pharmacists that the ladies that i work with um have generally pretty high eq and that means a lot for coworkers. i can't stand people who are emotionally like childish or like who i don't know just like if your behavior is so obviously passive aggressive like girl it's so hard to work with you. It's so hard to be around you. And I, I think there's a lot of, um, I'm not going to say more of that type in restaurant work, just that the work environment kind of makes you, makes you act like that, you know? So pharmacy, it's a little more like, you know, the pharmacist is like, I'm not going to put up with being disrespected. Um, I went to school for like six years, you know, like I'm not going to put up with that. And So there's that energy and then that translates into the pharmacy technician kind of role also where I know I'm not going to get reprimanded if I if I like call somebody out for being rude, you know, like, of course, you're there to help people. And I'm look, that's a whole other discussion is like in healthcare, like people who are bitchy and like rude and passive aggressive becoming nurses or healthcare workers like that's fucked. Like that's a whole different discussion. But I'm talking about, um, you know, like patients who understandably are confused about like kind of insurance policies or whatever, but then just like being really rude about it to the point where like they think that we run the insurance companies or something like, I just work here. Like, sir, I just work here. You know, like if I go, if I tell somebody, sir, I just work here um, and I worked at a restaurant, I definitely would, would be reprimanded by management but at a pharmacy if I go ah sir I just work here then that's just facts and uh, I don't get any sort of disciplinary action for that you know what I mean and so um always being kind obviously but that's kind of the the difference I noticed and that's kind of why like working in pharmacy is a little less stressful it's just because like you don't have to bottle shit up and like whatever you know like clear open communication is encouraged and actually very necessary for good patient care. So um, as opposed to customer serve, as opposed to, you know, like, like dining service or whatever, it's, it's only about making the customer happy, you know, I don't know. Um, So anyway, I was like, wow, these people are stressed. And I'm so glad I don't work in a restaurant anymore. 
I feel bad for them. And so we went up to our room and the room was the theme was Lazy Eye. Um, and that's a song by Silverson Pickups, which I don't really know that band that well. But I started playing the song and I did recognize it. Um, so we're drinking uh, our drinks. I just got a vodka and soda because I was like kind of um, not trying to consume too much sugar. Lately, my skin's kind of been shitty, you know, I don't know. So trying to drink more water. But, you know, honestly, shitty skin just happens sometimes. And it's not because, like, your diet's off or anything. It's just, it just fucking happens. So, but regardless, I just didn't want to consume too much sugar anyway that night. So, I just got a vodka and soda, like Tito's and soda. It's one of my favorites. And we're listening to music, drinking. Um, I get in the bathrobe that they provide. And I, like, just lay down and... My boyfriend's just napping on me and then I fall asleep and it's really nice. And then we get the call to go down to our table. Um, These two ladies who were like, (laughs) let's just, okay. Um, Let's just call them Karens, you know, like, let's just call them for what they are. Um, Two white ladies and they had been standing in line and the line is for people who want to sign up for the waiting list, right? So my boyfriend and I are like, whatever. We just kind of skipped the line. And the guy recognized us because, you know, he had just called us. Like, oh, your table's ready. We're like, okay, we're going to come down. And then came down, he recognized us. And he was about to escort us to our table when these two ladies that were in line were like, um, excuse me, we're here uh, for our table also. <laughs> and I was already like, oh, my God, these bitches. And he is like, uh, what's your name? And then she tells her his – I mean, she tells him her name. And he looks on the list and he's like, um, well, we actually called you like quite a while ago. I left a voicemail and really like your table might be, might be gone. Uh, and she was like so pissed. Like she was visibly like so pissed but didn't say anything. Like she was just like, <gasps> like <laughs> clutching at her pearls, like so pissed. And, um, you know, I was, you know, I didn't say anything. But if it came to it, I would have just been like, yeah, you can just give them a table. We don't, we can wait. But really should we have done that though because they had been called and didn't pick up and then now they're here you know what I mean like you missed your chance like we came down immediately when we got the call that our table was ready they probably just skipped over them and we're like oh there are no shows you know I don't know working as a hostess that's what I would have done but this guy was nice and so he was kind of like trying to figure it out and then at the end of the day like he did get two tables and sat us at the same time and stuff but he did sit us like right next to each other and that was a little awkward um not that there was any real tension between my you know me and my boyfriend and her party you know not like there was any tension but then the whole time now I'm like kind of tuned into them I don't know I think like people who are I don't know like when people grate me like they're like annoying to me I feel like that is uh a magnet like <laughs> it attracts me to them as far not like I don't like them but like it attracts me to them as I'm like curious I'm like why the fuck are you such a miserable person like you know like I'm curious so boyfriend and I are talking we're talking you know it's, it's actually pretty funny because I don't know why every time we like get a little loose um it's like we drink a little bit whatever we start talking about our sexual pasts to each other it's pretty hilarious um I don't know why. I think it's because we we both were pretty promiscuous before getting with each other. And so, I don't know. It's just funny. It's just fun to, like – it's because, like, of course I am sexually attracted to him. But it's such a different um, 
what's the word dynamic a different dynamic you know what I mean like I'm I love my boyfriend I want to be with him genuinely like I see myself being with him forever like type of thing um but you know I'm also sexually attracted to him and I think it's like when we get a little drunk we start getting in that like get a little more um uh damn What's the word I'm think, trying to think of? We get a little sleazier, you know? We get a little sleazier and we start seeing each other in, like, that more, like, fleshy kind of way. And it's, like, maybe that's why. So I don't know why. That's kind of my theory. But anyway, whenever we start drinking or, like, we're in a party mood or whatever, we start, like, I don't know, talking to each other about hookups or, like, dates, bad dates or whatever, you know? Um so we're doing that, but we're also kind of listening to their conversation, these two ladies over here. And like, oh my God, let me just tell you that I am so glad that I like have learned what kind of fucking apes men are. And like, I'm not at all intimidated by them or scared by them. And basically like, there's no man in the world that could intimidate me. If anything, I'm intimidated by women. You know what I mean? More than men. Although I'm not really intimidated by women either. I guess I'm not really intimidated by people. <laughs> I think I get intimidated by other things. Like, um, um, I guess I'm insecure about, like, not having a career. You know, I, I know I'm 22. I'm young. But there are 22s out there who are 22-year-olds out there who, who have – a lot of shit that I don't have. And I just, I, I really want to be in a position where I am making a lot of money and I'm in a leadership role. I just feel like that's where I am meant to be. Um, and that's what I want to work at towards. Like, I'll tell you guys in a little bit about my group project that I'm working on right now for a capstone class and how it just totally validates the fact that like there are natural born leaders. You know what I mean? There are people who, you know, in a functioning community a functioning group a functioning society there are people this is not fascism by the way i know it sounds like fucking fascism but it just like you know there's a role for people and some people their natural role is to be the delegator you know what i mean in the group like the delegator the person who manages other people you know and also does shit like i am you know in group work i'm highly productive um i guess maybe it's because when i'm in my own individual projects i don't have anything to compare it to and i kind of just get down on myself and I think that I'm not that productive because I'm not spending like as much effort as possible theoretically into you know I'm not exerting maximum effort into everything that I do um I think that I'm lazy but I'm really not if you think about it and like especially in group work it really comes to show it really comes out it really shows that like I'm not lazy and in fact like I'm really necessary glue in a lot of group projects. So anyway, I will get onto that later. But right now I'm talking about this story. So um, men don't intimidate me at all, period. Like, and listen, like, I think I've talked about this before. Like, I'm not even the most conventionally attractive bitch out there. I'm not. Like, I have a nice body. Um, and if I, like, do my makeup and, you know, straighten my hair and stuff, I'm pretty cute. And, like, I'm, I'm cute. You know what I mean? I'm not going to say, like, I'm ugly and I don't have any, like, feature that's like stands out that's like unattractive but you know I'm not like stunning I don't have like a perfectly symmetrical fit you know like I'm a normal looking bitch with a nice body at the end of the day you know and um so I don't know I'm not I'm saying like 
it's not because when people talk about not being intimidated by other people or whatever, um, I think there's an assumption that you have to be attractive to to think like that. You don't, you know, you just have to like value yourself, which everybody can do, you know, and like, I, listen, y'all, I was a sugar baby. Like I was making money off men and I wasn't just like a kind of a sugar. I was a fucking sugar baby. Like that was my thing that I was doing. And I was like pulling like rich dick you know what i mean i was pulling like really really rich dick like i'm not talking about whatever i'm talking about like millions you know what i mean like net worth dick like you know what i mean i don't know let me just not bragging i'm just saying like you can do that and you just all it's it's mental like it's really mental like you have to just fucking i don't want to say mind fuck but you just have to understand you have to have emotional intelligence and learn how to use that you know um I hate the words exploiting and weaponizing because there is such a thing as like, you know, exploiting something, but it's also like, what about you're using it because it's, it can be used and that's, you know, I don't really give a shit about how conventionally attractive somebody is, you know what I mean? But if I can be conventionally attractive and capitalize off that, why the fuck not? Um, Not that it's the best thing or, or anything, like I still have aspirational like career goals and stuff but I don't know I feel like people are just salty and bitter when they like try to like bring down other people for capitalizing off shit that they didn't work to get like they just naturally have it so um you know don't be salty just some people play to win and that's that's just what it is some people play to win and that's just what it is you know anyway these two bitches are over here and they're talking about oh man they're talking about guys but in like the most this is how my boyfriend put it he was like their mindset is how can we help the patriarchy as much as possible because they're just first of all if i'm with a girl if i'm with a girl i'm on a date with a girlfriend i'm gonna make it a point to i'm gonna really keep keep tabs on how often you bring up your boyfriend the person you're talking to men in general like i'm gonna keep tabs on that because it's going to be a red flag if you talk about your significant other too much because, like, fucking we're here to talk about our own lives. We're here to, you know, shoot the shit with each other. And we have lives besides men. It needs to tr- pass the fucking bechamel test. <laughs> I know it's not bechamel. I think it's – I know it starts with a B, but it's not bechamel. You know the fucking test with the one in movies where it's, like, um, the movie has to – in order to pass this test has to have a conversation between two women that – you know aren't that's not about a man and very few movies actually pass that test it's really depressing but anyway like these girls are blondes they're attractive they're cute and they're like talking about guys and i'm just like oh my god please tap into your self-worth please like please like tap into your self-worth and stop talking about men like it's so irritating for me to hear and like I tried. I literally tried to, like, focus on my own conversation and not listen to it. But it was just so, so, so distracting. Like, I can't even, like, tell you what it sounded like. It was like, oh, my God. Like, would you be – would you still – like, would you marry Drake if 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 
Calvin was still in town, do you think you would do that? And then the other girl's like, oh, no, I don't know. I don't even know what the specific situation turned out. But, like, they mentioned, like, at least 10 different guys' names. Um, and then one of them calls a guy, and she's like, oh, we're going to come over. We're going to come over to you. And the guy's like, uh, no, the fuck you're not. And he's, like, so rude. He's such a jerk on the phone. And he's on speakerphone. And then she's like, you can't wait 10 minutes for us. We're going to come over. <laughs> And I'm just like, you know what, this is why I'm not, I don't feel like I'm missing out at all by, you know, locking it down in my 20s. Because I feel like your 20s, if you don't lock it down with somebody or you don't really fully embrace being single, which I probably couldn't, to be honest, because I'm such a, like, poet crybaby and, like, I love love so much. Like, I like romance and love and lust and whatever. And so, you know, that's why I I kind of am okay with locking it down because, like, I don't really feel like fucking around in my 20s. Then I think if I lock it down, then it'll give me just emotionally emotional support and whatever, but also space to, like, not deal with the toxic shit and just, like, focus on my career. Um, Which, by the way, I discovered Spanx's Glassdoor um, account and... Wow, what wow, what a humbling experience because I look up to Sarah Blakely like she's fucking God and her startup story is incredible and I just love her so much. But like the reviews for like the corporate atmosphere at Spanx headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia is like atrocious. And it's like, you know, every everybody who leaves a review, they're like, This is like the cattiest work environment, like you have to step on other people to get ahead, like the leadership team is just so disorganized and confused and you know etc etc and sarah blakely is like barely there and um whatever you know what i mean and so it's just like really interesting to me because um you know sarah blakely is wonderful or whatever but it's it's like you know she's not perfect and no ceo or no founder is perfect you're gonna have people who work for you who don't like you and whatever and that's really like terrifying to me but um, get this. So I'm in a group project this term and I really fucking avoid group projects. And even when I am put in a group project, I really like, um, get it to the point because listen, this is what I mean. It's like, I am not a leader in that. Like I have a big ego or anything like that. I guess maybe I do have a big ego. Let me be honest. But like, I don't, I don't know. I don't make other people feel bad in any way. Like, I don't think anybody would give me a bad review for how I behave in groups you know, up to this point. That definitely can change in the future and I'm sure it will. But up to this point, I've been really diplomatic and, you know, I don't even think people would mention me as a leader or whatever. But I always get what the fuck I want out of group projects. And if that, if what I want is to slack and then get a good grade and then pull it together at the end, that's what I get. And that's usually what I do. (laughs) Nobody would ever call me a group slacker, right? But I would just kind of be so good at like delegating tasks or doing things so that we had minimal contact and we would just do our own independent pieces or whatever. But this class, um, I don't know. It was just like, I don't really feel like doing that. You know, I feel like I want to be the leader, but I want to be a leader in a way where I get other people, you know, I don't know. I just kind of want to try it different this term. And um, I kind of want the credit of leader if I am going to lead, if that makes sense. Like I kind of used to be, it used to do a lot of um, work and it's not work as in like whatever. It's just work as in, I would, I would not get the credit that I feel like I felt like I deserve. You know what I mean? I contributed to a lot in, in the past and I just was kind of a background character at the end of the day and I'm tired of that. And so 
um, in this group project, what I'm trying to do is get actual credit for myself and recognition for myself while at the same time being the leader and motivator or whatever for my group team members. Um, and of course we have a slacker on the team and we have other people on the team, but, um, I'm going to really try to lean into that kind of leadership training. And I think I'm doing really well so far. I think that my group mates like me so far and they're grateful that I'm like kind of stepping up because um, last week I actually didn't. And I was like, maybe I need to fall back. Um, and I don't really want to be seen as the bossy assertive person, whatever. But that's kind of where I feel natural. I fall naturally. And I think like if I try to do something else, it's actually more effort. Like if I try to be a, the person who's just kind of chill and subordinate or not doing as much. If I, I'm saying like if I was a slacker, it would be more stressful for me than if I was the leader, if that makes sense. And so I, but anyway, last week I kind of fell back because I was like, I don't really want to do all this work without credit, you know? And so whatever. And so let me just see how they would fare without me um, being the leader and it was terrible. It was just absolutely terrible. Everybody was so confused and like panicked and like, uh, one of our group members was like, uh, he's black. And so, so he's black. Right. And obviously we're talking about, oh, I actually haven't mentioned it, but we're talking about like in, inequity and injustice in the healthcare system. And it's really triggering for him at times. And so he mentioned that and he was like, I don't really want to take the lead here. Like if somebody else wants to take the lead, whatever. And so that kind of gave me a little bit of a push to take, to continue taking the lead. Because the other thing was like, I didn't want to be, uh, I am a minority. I'm Vietnamese American and my parents are immigrants and all that. But like, I don't know. I didn't really want to be the person like taking the lead and taking control of the assignment when somebody who is from a more marginalized group in America, like, you know, I didn't want to just step over his contributions or, or whatever, but he kind of was like, I, he didn't say like, I want to do as little work as possible, but he was like, I kind of want to do supportive support work. Like it's, it's a lot for me. And so somebody, if somebody else wants to take the lead, that's totally fine. And so that kind of gave me the okay to pick it up again. And I'm happy to do it. And I feel like things are already starting to like rebalance a lot in the group and, you know, I don't know. This is just confirmation. Also, when I was in the McMinimins hotel room, I pulled tarot cards. And like the last time I pulled tarot cards, it was three cards. And it was like actually talking about leadership style. And the first one was like individualistic, like I'm going to do it my own way, whatever. Da, 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 da. And that's like not really going to take me anywhere. That's kind of like the bad example. And then the good example was like collaboration as far as like you do have a stern and assertive role in the group, but you're taking in everybody's input and you really do try your best to be a neutral person and, a, and a, you know, just a force that is motivating and like helps people be productive, but not like overworking them or being like, I'm in control, like being the bully boss, you know what I mean? So that was the second outcome, the favorable outcome. And then the outcome of that, like the third card that I drew was like, it would be peaceful, productive, and, give, and it would bring us a lot of riches. And when I say riches, I don't mean like I interpreted that like that. It literally says that from the card, like like the, the book that comes with the card, you know? And then another crazy – and then I haven't pulled tarot cards since then. But then when I was in the hotel room um, at McMinniman's, like – two nights ago, I pulled tarot cards, three of them again. And this time the question in my mind before I looked at the cards obviously was, um, 
past, present, and future. And the past was like egocentric, selfish, only cares about herself, whatever. And the present is like awakening to, you know, the power of collaboration, awakening to something bigger than herself, a community, um, a, a religion or whatever, you know, um, basically group group efforts, awakening to the power of the collective. And the outcome was riches. And so I'm really thinking that this group project could be helpful for me in developing my leadership style and getting over my fears of, of why I kind of basically paused fruition in the first place, which was that I was uncomfortable in the leadership role and I didn't want to be bossy. I didn't want to tell people what to do. I didn't want to make people promises and not follow through, like all this other stuff. But I'm starting to see that, you know, that's sometimes just you try your best and you obviously avoid, you try to avoid that, but it's kind of sometimes inevitable and that sometimes, you know, people, you're, you're not going to please everybody. You're going to disappoint some people and you just really have to try your best and and play that motivating role or do your best. But, you know, at the end of the day, people are responsible for themselves as much as, you know, you are responsible for yourself. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that I'm getting a, a tighter, firmer handle on leadership style. And, you know, I'm, I'm not so, not so, uh, averse to it. I think that I, I, I mean, I'm really proud of myself because if I had talked to myself a year ago, talking about my leadership style, whatever, I would have denied even being a leader. But at the end of the day, I really believe that's, that's the role that I'm going to play in, in my life, in my world. And, <laughs> And things that I do, and that's just naturally where I fall. So I need to embrace that. And I think I'm I'm finally starting to, which is really exciting.